0: As I have mentioned before, when I worked at the Mayo Clinic in my 20s, I had a house located at 920 17 and a half streets southeast in Rochester. It was a house but not a home. I was always at work, church, or mooching a meal off of, of some kind off of another family. My house was more like a perpetual hotel than a home. As I've said before, my neighbors probably thought I was dealing drugs, because again, I was never there and the blinds were always strong. This house uh, came with a garden area behind the garage. It was fenced in separate from the yard, so I never mowed it. It was a, pri- it was a prairie reserve, but not on purpose. I didn't put much work into the garden area, so finally my, gar- my girlfriend at the time decided that we should do something with this area. So we rented a tiller and fixed up the fence a little and you know, put some time and effort into it. But unfortunately, that was about as far as we got. Now this is in contrast to the image from our first reading and even the gospel reading. In the first reading, Isaiah talks about a friend, who had a vineyard. This friend did everything to make the vineyard as fruitful as possible. According to Isaiah, this included picking fertile land, spading it, clearing it of stones, planting the best vines, building a watchtower, and making a winepress. But after all this hard work, the friend does not get the grapes he wanted. He has yielded wild grapes. Then God, through the prophet Isaiah, demands Now inhabitants of Jerusalem and Judea, judge between me and my vineyard. If we read carefully, we realize that God is speaking about how the people of Israel have not produced the fruit they were supposed to. We know from other parts of the Bible that the Israelites, God's chosen people, started worshiping idols, false gods. They even sacrificed their children to false gods. They put other things ahead of the worship of God. They, the Israelites, were supposed to be a light to the world. They were supposed to lead other nations to the worship of the one true God. So because of their apostasy, because they were not the light they were supposed to be, because they did not produce the fruit they were supposed to, God says he's going to take away the hedge and allow the animals to graze upon it. He's going to allow the walls to be broken into and the vineyard trampled upon. It will be ruined. It will be overgrown with thorns and briars. And no rain will fall upon it. This actually all came to pass. Maybe not concretely, but figuratively. In the year 586 B.C., the Babylonians invaded Judah and destroyed Jerusalem. The temple in Jerusalem was leveled. The temple which the Israelites the, thought uh, was, uh, 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 um, was go- always going to stand. They thought that God would protect them because of this temple. They kind of thought of the temple as their good luck charm. They thought that they could continue to sin and God would protect them because of the temple. Because they were God's chosen people. This was arrogance and pride. Almost 600 years later, the chief priests and the elders had not learned their lesson. Even though they were now under Roman rule, they were still arrogant and prideful about the relationship with God. So Jesus tells in the parable the landowner, the servants and the tenants. The landowner planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a winepress and built a tower. Then he leased it to the tenants and left on a journey. When vintage time drew near, the owner sent servants to obtain his produce from the tenants. The tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again, the landowner sends even more servants. They fall into the same fate. Finally, the landowner sends his son, thinking they will respect uh, his son. Instead they, uh, the tenants say, This is the heir. Come let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. When the Jesus asked the chief priests and the elders what will happen to their tenants, they replied, The landowner will put those wretched men to a wretched death, and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus then says to them, Did you never read in the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord Lord has this been done. It is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Now these were the chief priests and the elders. They were supposed to lead the people in fruitful worship of God. They were supposed to lead the people in following God and growing in holiness. However, Jesus accuses them of using the place of statue, statue, for selfish gain and not for being good servant leaders. If they were doing what they were supposed to be doing, they would have led the people in believing in Jesus himself. But the chief priests and the elders were not leading the people to Jesus and to holiness. So the parable becomes a foreshadowing of the chief priests and the elders leaving the charge in having, in having Jesus put to death. Jesus is the son the landowner sends, and God the Father is the landowner. The tenants are the chief priests and the elders. The servants are the prophets God has sent throughout history. The Israelite people had a history of not listening and even putting to death some of the prophets of the Old Testament. So when God the Father sends God the Son Jesus, even He is treated badly by God's people. He is rejected. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So what about us? Do we reject Jesus? Do we reject His invitation to draw closer to Him? Is Jesus the cornerstone of our lives? Jesus ends today's gospel by telling them the kingdom of God or we taken away from the chief priests and the elders and given to a people that will produce fruit? Do we produce good fruit or do we produce bad fruit? By our actions and thoughts, do we produce good fruit or bad fruit? Do we help others draw closer to Jesus or do we push them further away from Jesus? What kind of witness do we give to Jesus and to his love for others? What kind of witness do we give to the kingdom of God and to the truth of Jesus Christ? St. Paul in the second reading in his letter to the Philippians says that God wants to give us peace. If we think on the things of God, if we think on what is honorable, just, pure, lovely, gracious, then we will be at peace. Actions begin with thoughts. If we give... Over even our thoughts to God and allow Him to purify them, our actions will follow. So today, what are your thoughts? What are your actions? What are the fruits of your actions? Do they build up the kingdom of God or do they tear down the kingdom of God?